like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got a bit of a travel adventure for you today for Song of the Soul. We're going over to the Middle East region to visit with a singer-songwriter, originally from India, who goes by the name Zephyrine. Zeph's music covers the gamut of styles, but at heart you will find a passion and love for Christ. Perhaps the best way to convey who Zephyrine is would be to share a quote from his website. Oh, to fill the eyes of orphans with hope, to bring joy to the widow's heart, to steady the hand of the weak, that is why I create music. That is why music was created. Music transforms lives. Zephyrine joins us by phone from Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Zeph, I'm so pleased to have you here with me today for Song of the Soul. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on your channel. By the miracle of electronics, I'm connecting to you halfway around the world in Dubai. How long have you been in Dubai? I've been in Dubai for 16 years. And what took you to Dubai? I think you're from India originally. That is correct. I am from a state called Kerala. And what took me to Dubai was better employment opportunities. I take it that was not employment in music because I understand that this newly released CD is your first. So you must have been doing some other kind of work too. That is absolutely right. I have been working primarily in the advertising and corporate identity and branding sector where I've been building brands for different companies and organizations. That's what I do for a living. Today, I run my own company over here in Dubai, which specializes in brand building. But I'm guessing somehow that music is your true love in terms of personal expression. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I have been writing songs since I was 11 years old. I've always wanted to do an album, but never really got around to doing it because of various responsibilities and commitments towards the family and other people also. But now I have some time on my hand, and that's why I decided to go ahead and do an album. As a matter of fact, after releasing this album, I already started work on my second album. Ah, so you're busy at it. You said you wrote your first song at the age of 11. I don't suppose you could sing it or share it with me right now, could you? It's a bit of a rude song, I would say. Okay, we don't need that one exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how it rolled when you were 11 years old, you know? <laughs> yes. Was it in English? It was in English. All my songs are in English. Did you grow up speaking English, Hindi, or some other language? What was your first tongue? My first my mother tongue is actually a language called Malayalam which is derivation of Tamil and Sanskrit. 
But I have, all my life I studied in, in English medium schools and English medium colleges and all my friends spoke English and I grew up in an environment that was primarily English speaking. How is it that your environment was completely English speaking? Is this because it was a religious environment? Oh no, no, not at all. It's just that in India, you could say the default primary language is anything between Hindi and English, because every, almost everybody in the country speaks English in India. Although Hindi is the official national language, English is still used almost everywhere in India, including for official government work, all kinds of things. So that's why I mean, a lot of schools and colleges in India are in, in English. One other thing I wanted to check before we went on, when I contacted you and I was arranging the interview, I said maybe we would do the interview via Skype, and you said Skype is not allowed in Dubai, and I don't quite understand that. Why would it not be allowed? And that is correct. Uh, although a lot of people use Skype in Dubai, it is actually not legal to use it because the main telecom provider over here is a company called Etisalat, and there's only one more telecom provider. It's called Dude. Uh, between these two, they have declared that using Skype is illegal because it takes away business from them. Uh, so that it guarantees their income then if you don't use Skype. That is correct. I could easily use it. I could easily download it. A lot of people still doing it out here. But uh, I prefer not to because it goes against my conscience. A lot of your music is from your conscience. It's from your connection with God. Why don't you start us off with one of your songs right away so we can start to get to know you on that plane. What would you like to share first? Abide With Me is a classical hymn. It's written by Henry Francis Light, a monk, a priest in the south of England. It's very interesting how the song Abide With Me, the hymn, came about. It's Henry Francis Light was an avid writer of music and all kinds of hymns all through his life. And he wrote a whole many songs, which probably nobody's even heard of. But they would sing it on and off. And he had this fascination for music, and he wanted to continue to worship God. And, and he was really driven. And he composed so many songs, but none of them really ever took off. And it was actually after he was past 80 years old that one day this song finally came to him, Abide With Me. And after he wrote the song, six months later, he passed away. But it's, it's amazing. It's when you are completely incapable of achieving anything more in your life, that's when God steps in, and that's the biggest miracle in your life. And today, about it, we sung everywhere. My family used to sing this song quite often. That's why it's quite close to my heart. And most people say it's actually a funeral song. Well, I don't really agree, because... I find it having strong prophetic undertones. I mean, if you just go through the lyrics, it's so clear. It's a reflection of what's going on around the world, even today. And all of this was written 300 years back. Perhaps that's why it echoes, it resonates within anybody who listens to it. What I try to do with Abide With Me is I try to bridge the gap between older generations and the new and different styles between uh, hymns and opera and rock through this song. And I don't know if it is, it is succeeding, but that's what I'm trying to do through my expression of Abide With Me. 
I have not uh, followed the classic tune for Abide With Me, which was written by William Henry Monk, who was another person who set the tune to another tune called Eventide. I have performed this with my keyboardist, Ben Wadlow, performed it in two or three places. And invariably, there is a strong function among the people who listen, and quite a few of them get really emotional, especially I, I remember we did it once during All Souls Day, and many people were very touched by it. Some even went down on their knees and began to pray. That's what I wanted to do with music. The song is Abide With Me, and it's by Zephyrine.
music from Zephyrine. It is Abide With Me, his own tune. And I think I have to ask you right away, Zeph, where does that name come from, Zephyrine? Because I know your name growing up, Anil Constantine Matthew. Where did Zephyrine come from? The name Zephyrine, I normally compose and create music late into the night. That's the time when it's quietest around here and the family has gone to bed and everything's really silent and I can actually hear the notes that have been played. So very often you'll find me composing till about 4 o'clock in the morning. Naturally, this makes you very tired, especially when you do it for months together. For, the, for instance, this album took me more than a year to put together because it was my first experience behind the piano and the keyboard and behind a mixer, if you will, on the computer. So it was completely new for me, the whole experience. Well, one night when I was busy composing and putting the music together, and I'm certain I would have fallen asleep, and I heard this voice telling me, you are Zephyrine, and I woke up. I did not know where that, you know, how it all happened, but the music was on my on my computer screen, and it was playing abide with me, and I remembered this word so vividly, and it was almost as somebody who just stood next to me and spoke to me and said, you are Zephyrine. I said, what is it? I mean, you know, I don't know what it means. I still don't know what it means. I went to the internet, Googled it. I couldn't find this word in any language. So I thought, um, I might as well use that name because, first of all, one distinct advantage this name gives me is that if you Google Zephyrin, you will only get my work. You will not get anything else. And plus, it's the name given to you, and you shouldn't make light. I, it sounds a little bit like in the book of Samuel. When God speaks, you want to listen. I normally tell everybody the short version of it. I just tell them it's a name that just came to me. So I used it because I couldn't find anything else on Google. <laughs> That's a short version of it. If I tell them I heard something, they probably think it just says loco or something. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that is how a number of people imagine if you do hear something that's beyond their regular experience. You are a Christian, and I take it you were raised Christian since you were singing Abide With Me when you were young. In the area where you were born, was there a significant concentration of Christians? Because the figures I saw from 2001 were that Christian was about 2.3% of the population. So that makes it a very small minority. That is absolutely right. I was raised as a Christian, and if you look at it technically, I was raised as a Syrian Christian Orthodox. Basically, that's a church which St. Thomas, one of the disciples of Christ, started when he came to Kerala. The concentration of Christians historically in India has been in the state of Kerala, even before the British came. It has only been in Kerala because St. Thomas came there, he preached the gospel. Um, many people converted and became Christians. And since they were reporting to the bishop in uh, Syria, it was called Syrian Christian Orthodox. As a matter of fact, you can read about the setting up of the church in Syria in the book of Acts. If you attend one of the ceremonies and the worship in the Syrian Christian Orthodox in Kerala, uh, they mainly pray in Hebrew and Syriac. I was brought up in that kind of an environment. Very traditional, very orthodox. And it's only now that many people in India are coming to Christ. It was the English that brought the gospel in a big way to India. And you have the setting up of the Church of South India, which is called the CSI, and the Church of North India. Basically, they are 
offshoots of the Anglican Church. But now there is a lot of charismatic movement happening in India where a lot of traditionally Hindu and Muslim states, which is the majority of India, are coming to Christ. Of course, it is ruffling a lot of feathers politically and religiously, but still, the number of Christians who are coming to Christ in India is growing. And musically, what was your background? Part of your songs sound operatic, and as well as rock and everything else. What was your background musically? My father was a great singer. He passed away in 2003. We used to have this little record play. You remember those play days when we used to play LPs? His entire collection was opera, mainly songs by Mario Lanza and Caruso and the greats of opera, baritone tenors. And he could sing like them, he could even sing better than them, because he could touch peaks which, which maybe, I, I don't know, maybe they couldn't reach. And he had this powerful, booming voice. When he sang, the house shook. I was listening to all this, although I could never sing like that in those days. I grew up in that environment, where he used to play a lot of operatic music. But I remember my first real sojourn into music was when I heard The Shadows. The Shadows was a band from England, and they played primarily instrumental music uh, on the guitar. Listening to them, I learned the guitar. So I never went to music school or learned to read notes and all that. I learned to play the guitar just by imitating The Shadows. Then I started listening to Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, and Pink Floyd. And that, now that is a huge leap because Shadows played very sweet kind of music, and the others were on a different level altogether. I started singing that way, and I started playing quite a few rock bands. And that's probably where the rock influences come in. And I never did try to sing operatic at all, till recently, just for the heck of it, since I was feeling bored, two, two and a half years back. And people told me I had a fantastic operatic voice, and I realized it's probably because I was brought up in that environment, and I have my father's genes in me. And because of that, I sing with two of Dubai's finest choirs. Although I can't read or write music, I sing first tenor and first bass, and they're the ones who really push me along this operatic route, saying you should sing more opera. That's how it all uh, evolved. Yeah, how it continues to unfold. Well, let's keep unfolding your Song of the Soul as we go along here. Let's have a second song for your Song of the Soul. What would you like to share? I'd like to share the candle. I like the candle because it represents so many things. It represents hope, it represents light, of course. It represents love, it represents growth, because you light the fire from candle to candle. It means so much. The symbolism in the song candle means a lot. And uh, it's a song which I actually wrote for my love to Christ. Every time I hurt you, I cry. Every time I wound you, I die. That's how it goes. And uh, this was a song I wrote back in 1998. That's how it was originally written, and that's how it was originally sung. What I liked about the song Candle is that it touched a lot of people and helped them actually fall in love with Christ. And musically, what I liked about it was it really helped me explore different styles of music inside that one song. It opens up with a very Clapton-ish kind of a lead. It goes into a soft kind of a singing and then finally it builds up to an operatic climax at the end. Uh, that's what I enjoy with the song and uh, I really wanted to share that good feeling with everybody and 
On this song, The Candle, I've been getting a lot of positive reviews from everybody, from children, from teenage girls and elderly women also, and elderly men, all kinds of reviews. Let's listen to The Candle by Zephyrine. Every time I hurt you, I cry. Every time I pain you, I die. And I pray these words I mean. Even in my dreams, you're the candle of my soul. You give me love.
Zephyrine is with us here today for Song of the Soul, and that was The Candle. To some degree, it sounds kind of like country music, as we call it here in the USA. Is that one of your influences, too? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm sure country is there somewhere, because I used to listen to some of John Denver every time I wanted to relax. It is amazing how many different modes of music that you weave together in that. At one moment, you're Pavarotti, and another moment, you're John Denver, and another moment, you're Eric Clapton. <laughs> I can't imagine all of them in the same band, but it would be quite something. That's kind of what Zephyrine turns out to be, I guess. I guess so. You've been living in Dubai for a number of years now, and you grew up in a place where Christianity was a minority religion. How does that make your experience of religion different, do you think, than what I experience here in the United States, where it's the majority religion? It's not easy being a Christian in this part of the world, uh, because you are always under a, a bit of a spotlight, which has its good side and its bad side. The good side is, if you're serious about being a Christian, you will be on your toes. The bad side is, you can meet a lot of unfriendly people. I was reading a few years back, there were at least some areas in India where there was violence and reaction against Christian missionaries. Does that still go on, or would that not have been what we would have seen around Kerala, or is that just different areas? This violence is still happening in India, and it's not so much in Kerala, but it's in the northern states, which are traditionally Hindu, and it's not happening to huge degree, as the press might predict it, but it's very much this kind of a violence, physical and generally unfriendliness. And in Dubai, I can imagine it's even more so, because Dubai is part of the United Arab Emirates, for which Islam is the official religion. Sometimes Islam speaks favorably or with toleration of the people of the book, that is, Christians and Jews, but I understand that in some Muslim countries, you can even be put to death for converting away from Islam. That's absolutely correct. Uh, you really cannot consider Dubai as a standard, normal Middle Eastern city. Dubai is very free in terms of thinking and its openness. However, there are unseen, invisible lines drawn beyond which, if you cross, you could be a very heavy penalty. Yes, it's true. If uh, in uh, some countries they still insist that if a person converts from Islam into Christianity, he must be killed, he or she must be killed. That happens still a lot over in the Middle East. But I've never heard of anything like that happening in Dubai as such. However, people are always politically correct, and there is a certain sense of self-censorship when it comes to these kind of sensitive matters. Because at the end of the day, the UAE is, and, and Dubai in particular, is primarily filled with a transient population. Only 15% of population are locals. The rest, 85%, is completely transient. We are here as visitors, and we move on once the contracts are over, and uh, there is no question of anybody getting a citizenship and settling down in Dubai or UAE, no matter how many years you have spent here. At the end of the day, you have to return back to your old country, which is why people maintain that status quo. That's the best way to describe the situation. However, as uh, Islam is increasing in its volume in the Middle East, where, for instance, Kuwait recently is trying to push through a legislation that insists no more churches be built in Kuwait. 
On the contrary, Dubai has even a Hindu temple and a Sikh Gurudwara, the first in the whole region, I believe. So Dubai is far more open than all other Arab states and cities, definitely, which is a primary attraction in Dubai for the expat population. Is it also an attraction for Muslims who want to experience something a little bit beyond what they've had to grow up in? I mean, I don't want to speak of that negatively. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking of it. Let's have another experience. Oh, yes. If you look at the streets of Dubai every weekend on every regional holiday, like there are regional holidays for Prophet Muhammad's birthday and Eid and Al-Fitr, all kinds of regional holidays, you'll find people from all the Gulf states over here. A lot of people will be visiting Dubai. From most of the Gulf states, from Qatar, from Kuwait, from Saudi, from Oman, you name it. I mean, everybody's here in Dubai. But you hardly hear of any person from Dubai going and visiting Riyadh for Eid, <laughs> which is in Saudi. Nobody does that. A lot of them have told me they get a sense of freedom in Dubai and it's much more easy and relaxed over here. I was thinking that since essentially public relations is your profession, I'm assuming that that would be useful as you're trying to spread the music of Zafarine. You can draw on your own native experience, your professional experience. That is correct. I am applying whatever I learned and whatever I know from my experience into uh, help build this brand called Zafarine. But it's very, very difficult because... No matter which way I look at it, I can only get a subjective view. I'm finding it difficult to get a neutral, objective perspective on it, which I'm good at giving for other companies and organizations. But when it comes to something very personal, it's very, very difficult. Are there a lot of opportunities for you to go out and play music in Dubai or in surrounding areas, or do you have to travel quite a ways before Zephyrine can perform? Because these are Christian songs. Yeah, these are Christian songs, and they can also be interpreted from a secular point of view. There are places in Dubai which, where you can perform these songs. Well, give us another example of your music so that we know what you would be performing. The next song I'd like to talk about is Only You. It's a very soft song, and as I just mentioned, some of our songs can be very easily interpreted as even secular, although they were written for worship for personal worship. Uh, some of the songs, like even the, the previous one, The Candle, a lot of people interpret it from a very secular point of view, and uh, they feel it very to them personally. They really don't see it as a worship of Christ. But the next song would be Only You. Only You was uh, it's actually written again as a personal worship song to Christ. But a lot of people interpret it from a secular point of view. And it was actually written when I was waiting for this meeting to happen in one of the hotel lobbies. I was waiting in this coffee shop. The meeting didn't look like it was going to happen. And I was there for tapping my fingers for 10 to 15 minutes. And I was watching this young girl who was serving everybody. She did it in such a rigid manner. She was expressionless and very, very rigid. And this thought came to me at that can I write a song that would stir her? <laughs> she looks so detached from anything that she was doing, but she was doing it so mechanically, almost like a robo, like a walk. So I wrote this song called You, and I called her over on the pretext of making an order, and I just told her, I just wanted to listen to this song. I'm just going to sing it softly. Tell me what you think about it. If it's, if it's junk, just tell me it's junk. 
if it's nice, it's just like it's nice. Well, I sang it to her softly, and in the beginning there was nothing, there was no expression, nothing. And she was probably wondering what's this guy's problem. And then slowly she began to show some expression, and she started to shake, and uh, a tear dropped down. I knew she was hurting deep inside. So I, I could see this song did touch people, it could heal, it could bring out emotions in people. And I felt this song was also a beautiful song to be, be used in personal worship. That's why I put that in. The song is Only You by Zapparine. If anyone should hurt me I want to be you If anyone should pain me It's gotta be you If anyone should lay me Lay me down Amongst the roses
If anyone should lift me Listening to Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and I'm your host for this Northern Spirit Radio production. Our website is northernspiritradio.org, where you'll find our archives of the past six, almost seven years. You'll find links to our guests, like to Zephyrine, although he's already assured me that you'll find it if you Google it, because no one else is Zephyrine like Zephyrine. You'll also find a place to leave comments, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know which programs you like, which ones were not to your taste, and where we should be going in the future. Again, we're speaking with Zephyrine. He's born by name Anil Constantine Matthew, but I think God gave him the name Zephyrine as he was working on his music, working towards this recent CD that he's released. He's located in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, originally from India. So, Zeph, let's continue on with some of your music. We don't want to run out of time to listen to some more of the wonderful music you've produced. So let's continue quickly into your next song. Passion and Destiny was a song that came to me when I was listening to someone playing the piano and trying to find his way through the notes. It was probably the first time he was reading the notes of that particular complex piece. He was making mistakes and he was... I'd say he was uh, hammering it quite hard. And Passion and Destiny, that was the basic execution concept that came to me. But if you look at it from uh, idea point of view, it was the lyrics and the tune actually came to express what the Roman centurion could have been feeling as he saw Christ being nailed to the cross. And he realizes he is the Son of God. And that's what this goes, because he is speechless. He just realized he was crucified the Son of God. And the hammering of the nails into the hands still echo in his mind. And that's what the bumbling piano actually represents, the hammering of the nails. The song goes, where are the words that can describe what I'm feeling? And he goes into silence. Which is why most of the song is just music, and there's this, this one stanza. Passion and Destiny by Zephyrine. of 
my sins and my wrongs, and I live as He stood between me. and destiny. I can see from this and from the previous song, Only You, you're really seeking to touch people's hearts. And, and you told that story when, when you shared Only You about the young woman. You came and sang this song to her and, and tried to help her out of her stony distance. Is that how you see a lot of people being in our world? Is that maybe what our culture does or our ideas? A lot of people really shut off from that deep connection? That is true. That is absolutely right. And that's how I feel. That's happened to a lot of people in the world. That we have become the living dead. And very often we tend to find the wrong substitutes to achieve an interconnection. And uh, that, gets, that makes the situation even worse. That's how I find the world today. You can even tell it from the policymakers. You can tell it from the legislation. You can even tell it. Uh, I'm going from a macro point of view. And if you go micro, it's there with a lot of individuals. In just a few words, what would you say is your objective? Why are you making and putting out this music to the world, Zaf? I believe music is a gift from God. And it has been used and misused and abused. But one thing it always does is it never leaves a person the same way it found that person. Music in some way or another will influence that person's thinking, behavior, and tastes and decisions in the short or the long run. As you correctly mentioned, it, the right word is that there are influences, and music is a very powerful influence. And what I want to achieve is to transform lives through music that is pure, that is inspired, and that is inspiring. The world today, the way I see it, is it's not in a good place to be. Many of us have very dark existences. I want this music to help people realize who they really are, to open up people, to understand there is a Christ who has come to save them. There is God who loves them and be touched by it, to be transformed by it. And that's why my tagline, if you will, is music transforms lives. We've got time for one more piece of music to help transform our lives. How can we close your Song of the Soul? There's a song called The Rhythm of Life in this album, Zephyrin, and that's actually talking about the progression of man, from a progression of creation to the birth of man, to the birth of sin, the restoration through Christ. What I'm trying to say over there is we were created in the rhythm of life, but we lost it in the Garden of Eden. And Christ brings us back to the rhythm of life, to the rhythm of eternity. Let's listen to the rhythm of life. Young, the of God, from the shores of 
Zephyrine, the rhythm of life. And Zeph, I assume all of your family is Christian as well? That is correct. Have you had to face persecution or had you had to face hardships because of this? Is it harder to get a job if you're a Christian? Or Again, it's such a different experience than what we have here in the United States, where the reverse prejudice is perhaps there. Yeah, I understand. I mean, we never had to face any persecution as such. <laughs> But uh, yes, if you're a Christian, it's very difficult to get into a good college. Most of your job applications are rejected. You are also discriminated against in the colleges and schools in India. But I wouldn't call it persecution. It's just more of an inconvenience. Well, I'm grateful that you're steadfast through the inconvenience. Sometimes inconveniences are the things that drive our lives in a particular direction, and it seems to me that you've made a very faithful choice. Thank you. People can, again, follow the link from northernspiritradio.org to find Zephyrine, or just type in something that sounds like Zephyrine, and I think you'll find him. Some great music you've been sharing with us, and I'm so thankful for your witness and your continuing outpouring of spirit. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy.